0: Today's main headlines. Candidate vaccines for COVID-19 are still progressing through phase three, although one study showed neurological side effects leading to a pause in its vaccine development. Two more candidate vaccines in the operation warp speed have reached phase three, one promising up to 20 million doses just this year. And finally, new research explores the reason for the mega wildfires that have moved across Western United States and what it says about future extreme events moving further throughout the country over time. I'm your host, Daniel Fengone. Welcome to Tiger Minds. Much to get to today with regards to COVID-19 vaccine development. On our episode earlier this month, on September 4th, we had discussed the current candidate vaccines currently in phase three. Check out that episode for a detailed review. Out of the handful of groups working on vaccines, shortly after that episode, a major update came from the UK-based company AstraZeneca, along with their partner, University of Oxford, who reported that they would be pausing their worldwide vaccine development due to a possible adverse event that occurred in the trial. After receiving the second dose of the vaccine, a study participant, a 37-year-old woman, suffered a neurological illness, a rare but serious spinal inflammatory disorder called transverse myelitis. This unfortunate development led to a pause in their vaccine development and raised concerns about safety and efficacy of all vaccine development. Given that the CDC has announced vaccine arrival by the first week of November, where do we stand? Are other vaccine developers also in the same place? In light of the news from AstraZeneca, American drug companies Moderna and Pfizer have disclosed its confidential details about their vaccine development program to gain the confidence of the public. In terms of timeline, for Moderna, they have estimated that they will know by November whether their vaccine, titled mRNA-1273, is effective against the coronavirus. Pfizer has also provided some updates about its participant enrollment. Pfizer's late-stage clinical trials will involve up to 44,000 participants, while Moderna has 30,000 participants in its study. And this is all with regards to their phase 3 study that they're already begun. Under normal circumstances, research companies usually disclose the details of their entire vaccine development process only after completion. However, the fact that Moderna and Pfizer both have disclosed some of their trial information, despite both of their trials still ongoing, is aimed at addressing some of the growing concerns from the public as well as governmental organizations around the world. Moderna has already announced that they plan on producing roughly 20 million doses of its vaccine candidate mRNA-1273 this year as part of their phase 3 studies. The primary endpoint of the study is to demonstrate the efficacy of mRNA-1273 to prevent the first occurrence of COVID-19 starting 14 days after the second dose. Now, Moderna made it clear that they remain on track to deliver about a billion doses per year of their potential COVID-19 vaccine beginning in 2021. One of the other frontrunners for vaccine development is the company Pfizer. Pfizer and its partner BioNTech have five potential COVID 19 vaccines currently in clinical trials, each of which are based on a different mRNA format. Now, the companies are reporting that the most advanced candidate performed well in trials in which animals were infected with coronavirus after inoculation. Pfizer announced that their vaccine candidate produced neutralizing antibodies against SARS-CoV-2, the virus that causes COVID-19, in macaques, in monkeys as well as antigen-specific mice. Pfizer and BioNTech, their partner, reported that after one shot and a booster shot, the monkeys that had been challenged with COVID-19 virus had no viral RNA in their lower respiratory tract as compared to non-immunized animals most of which did show evidence of the viral RNA. In particular, according to a study, two shots of their vaccine given to monkeys induced COVID-19 neutralizing antibodies at levels that were about 10 to 18 times higher than those found in convalescent plasma from human patients. So, what's to say that Moderna and Pfizer don't hit the same side effects as AstraZeneca? Well, we don't know yet. And that is why it is critical that phase 3 results are available before making the vaccines available as some countries have already begun to do. But the difference in technology used by the different groups may offer some hope that the same side effects may not be present. Now, AstraZeneca's vaccine relies upon an adenovirus vector to promote an immune response against COVID-19. As do candidates from Cancino Biologics and Johnson & Johnson. For detailed review about all of these companies and what kind of technology they are using, please check out our episode on September 4th. However, the vaccines being developed by Moderna and Pfizer along with BioNTech uses mRNA, messenger RNA, to generate the immune response. In addition to these companies, another player that has entered phase three of vaccine trials for coronavirus is the American company Novavax. The company's vaccine candidate will have its first vaccine trials in the UK. Around 10,000 volunteers will be recruited in the UK, while another trial will follow in the United States the following month. Novavax is the fifth company that is funded by Operation Warp Speed that is beginning its late stage trials. All of these results of their initial phase trials were published in the New England Journal of Medicine. Please check the show notes for the research paper. There were no serious adverse events in their clinical trial and only one participant had a mild fever for one day. The volunteers in this particular study also produced high levels of antibodies to fight the virus. Experts have pointed out that the Novavax vaccine candidate has produced more antibodies than any vaccine candidates with official publications. Now, this is very promising. And they have shared that since it uses an older vaccine technology compared to other developer companies, Novavax uses SARS-CoV-2 spike glycoproteins, a similar method to other existing vaccines. Novavax has also partnered with Serum Institute of India, which will help the company produce about 2 billion doses per year once it is approved. What is particularly promising about the Novavax study is that in the UK trials, 400 participants will also receive a flu shot to determine if it is safe for patients to receive two vaccines simultaneously. This is very important, because as we have been hearing, if coronavirus ends up being a seasonal flu, just like the common flu, then people will have to get two vaccines at the same time, and much research needs to be done in order to figure out what are the consequences of having simultaneous injection of two vaccines at the same time. So this company, Novavax, is also developing a particular vaccine that can combine the two vaccines for common flu and coronavirus into a single shot. And finally, another company that has also been developing a single dose vaccine for coronavirus is the American company Johnson and Johnson. The company recently announced that they are preparing for stage 3 of human trials and this will include about 60,000 participants and international recruits will come from other 200 locations including the United States countries in South America and South Africa. So, to summarize, a check of the current vaccine progress as of today, end of September. AstraZeneca phase 3 trials started in August and have resumed abroad, but are on hold in the U.S. due to the participant in the U.K. developing a serious medical condition. AstraZeneca expects to have enough data by the end of 2020 or early next year to submit the vaccine for approval. Next, Moderna. The American company Moderna started its phase three trials in July, hopes to have 30,000 volunteers enrolled by the end of this month. Next, we have Pfizer partnering with the German drug maker BioNTech and its possible vaccine started in phase three in July. And the company says it hopes to have data indicating whether its candidate vaccine works by the end of October. Next, we have Novavax that has announced its phase 3 trials to begin as soon as possible with about 30,000 people that they will immunize to see the efficacy of their candidate coronavirus vaccine. Johnson & Johnson announced that it would be starting a 60,000 participant trial of its single-dose COVID-19 vaccine in the U.S., Brazil, South Africa, and other countries. All of these companies are funded by the Operation Warp Speed. And hopefully, initial results for these phase 3 trials come in as soon as possible. And finally, let's talk about the climate. New research, published in the journal Science Advances, a team of researchers have found that the frequency of combined droughts and heat waves have increased substantially in the western United States over the past half century, looking at weather data going back to 1896 and what they learned from it western parts of the United States particularly California has been in the news due to the unusually large number and size of forest fires and this is not just this year this has been occurring for the past few years and there's a lot of interest to find out what causes such events and how to avoid them now previously other research studies have looked at how variables like heat wave magnitude frequencies as well as historical precipitation levels and moisture in the soil to correlate with such wildfires or extreme events. And these extreme events can, without a doubt, individually cause significant negative impact. However, the concurrence of such extreme events can be even more devastating. For example, the compounding effects of droughts and hot temperatures can significantly increase tree mortality, which in turn can cascade into other hazards such as wildfires. Simultaneous events of droughts and heat waves have been known to be the most damaging stressors to the climate, the electric grid reliability, and adversely affect a wide range of natural and man-made systems. In the United States alone, Research has shown that three times in history has concurrent droughts and heatwave events occurred, causing damages equaling roughly 60 billion U.S. dollars. Land atmosphere feedback can intensify such drought heatwave extremes through two mechanisms, self-intensification and self-propagation. Research studies have shown that such compound extreme events of heatwaves and droughts are characterized by a complex chain of interdependent processes, and the local land atmosphere feedback can drive the evolution of compound drought heat wave events and intensify both of these events. Self-intensification refers to the fact that droughts and heat waves intensify each other as well as self-propagation refers to the spreading of droughts and heatwaves from one region to downwind regions. In this study, the researchers analyzed heat and drought events across the United States over the past 122 years, since 1896. And they found that the combined dry and hot events have not only increased in frequency, but they have also increased in size geographically. Such events were once confined to small parts of the United States. Now they cover whole regions, such as the entire West Coast and even parts of the Northeast and Southeast. When such extreme events occur, they are mixed with seasonal high winds, and the fires have represented a major hazard to forests, even people living in those areas and the environments where we're now seeing almost a migration of people from California. In this new effort, the researchers wondered if the Western United States has been experiencing more events with simultaneous heat waves and droughts, and they used the weather data to find this out. So, what did they find? The researchers found that the frequency of combined heat waves and droughts in the western parts of the US and also some parts of northeast and southeast has increased dramatically over the past half century. They also found that such events have increased in frequency, but they have also increased in size geographically. Once in a while, these events used to be confined to small parts of the country. However, now they cover large areas of land such as the entire West Coast. They have also found that such events are intensifying with longer periods of droughts and higher temperatures. Scientists have called these simultaneous events of droughts and heat waves as dry-hot extremes. And they found that these dry-hot extremes are not only self-intensifying, that is, more heat causes more droughts and vice versa, but they're also self-propagating meaning they are able to move from region to region. As increased temperatures are driving and expanding the air, droughts and heat waves move from one region to downwind regions. Now, these extreme events, naturally, as we have been seeing on the west coast, can be particularly damaging for the agriculture production and the ecosystem. Scientists predict that if the current warming trends of our Earth continue the future will inevitably bring us more of these disasters they suggest that their findings could be used to inform climate mitigation and adaptation efforts and finally the researchers suggest that downward downwind movement of these extreme events suggests that such forest fires and megafires could potentially happen to other parts of the United States moving from the West so the governmental organization Need to take actions now to mitigate the damages that could happen in the future due to forest fires. And that's it for today's episode, folks. Thank you for listening to the Tiger Minds podcast, where we bring you new ideas and discoveries on Mondays, Wednesdays, and Fridays. Please check the show notes for the research publications relevant to the topics we discussed today. Follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Tiger Minds Podcast for episode previews. I'm Daniel Fengon, see you next time.